welcome to Best Song Ever. This is a mini-sode, and I am here joined by my dear friend through Al Gore's World Wide Web. Kevin Connor is here. How you doing, Kev? I'm great. Have I ever told you my theory about Al Gore? No. What's this? This, this is going to... We're already off the rails. Is this like QAnon? This, no, this is like... Man, this is like Mandela effect stuff. Oh, cool. So, Al Gore should have won the 2000 election, right? Like, there was a bunch of weirdness, the hanging Chad, Florida, mm-hmm. just always strange. So, my theory is that that's when we we split. That's when the timeline diverted. Ah. So, Al Gore was going to be president. George Bush would have become MLB commissioner because, like, he's clearly shown time and time again he was, like, very into baseball. <laughs> And just like, like without. I didn't know this about George. Him. Yeah, he was like a part owner of the Rangers, I think, at one point. Like wow. he's very much like a baseball fan. Um, so without George Bush as president, like you might not get Obama in 08 because like mm. the Democrats would have won in 2000, and then you don't get Obama making that joke about Donald Trump at the correspondence dinner. So, so you probably don't get Trump him. running for yeah. president. It's like it's it's the the timeline of Back to the Future where everything's fucking weird. Uh, but it's it's because Al Al Gore yes. like, wins the 2000 election. Also, so that's somehow it changed Berenstain Bears to Berenstain. exactly. Yeah, that um, was... I don't like. I think everyone gets one harmless conspiracy theory they can they can yeah. like, believe in. Yeah, that's fair. And I think this might be mine. That's great. I love Mandela effect conspiracy theories. Uh, Cause I do just the, the weird feeling of like remembering something so clearly, but then it doesn't exist. That's, that's fun. And uh, I guess it, it could turn to harm. I'm like, it's harmless, but <laughs> you know what one I, fucks with me is the song that never ends by lamb chop. Cause I'm unfamiliar with that Mandela effects theory. Well, I knew it as this is the song that never ends. It just goes yeah. on and on my friends. It's the song that doesn't end. It's just a b- basic word change that fucks with me. Oh, no, but that definitely that's definitely Mandela effect. Yeah, because it never ends. That's the never. whole point. Never, yeah. Ne- well, is You're that just like stuck in a hellscape think- looping of the song that never ends, you know? That's how I always yeah, thought it, of it. Is that like people taking the never-ending story and like... The dozen-ending story? Superposing that... <laughs> The doesn't ending story is a very bad name. <laughs> Maybe I don't know. I because ju- I just remember it as never never ends, which I feel like I've uh, talked to Kyle before about how when I was you know I was a little kid and my parents would talk to me about going to heaven and living there uh, for eternity, and I would try and wrap my head around eternity, like the idea of time not ending. And it would just like yeah. mess with my head. And that's the same way I think why the song that never ends affected me so much as a kid is because I was just like, but it just never ends. Like what happens? It just keeps going. You're just trapped in it forever. The concept of infinity really throws you. Yeah. Um, but speaking of things that never end, uh, I think we're going to have to end this podcast. You know, uh, last minisode you tried to quit because Daft, punk was uh breaking up but now i think we're gonna have to end it because i'm looking here at the endangered species list and <gasps> bands are on it, it 
like I guess uh, Adam Levine said that there are no bands anymore, and so I I think we play bands on here. What are we gonna do? We're gonna have to end the show. First the bees, now the bands. Right. Oh, this is terrible, Luke. Yeah, I know it's uh it's crazy, but Adam Levine said it from Levine's mouth. It must be true. He said there's no bands anymore. And so I guess we're going to have to end. Except I'm a little confused because I, I've got Isn't a whole list Adam of bands. Adam Levine also in a band? He is in a band, but they're the last one, I think. Oh, oh boy. How They're the endangered uh, species. How far bands must have fallen right. for Maroon 5 to be the last one. Um, Obviously, we kid. Bands still exist. Uh, But I do think it's funny because... I think of the the only bands that get like Maroon Five level famous. The first one that came to mind was like Imagine Dragons. You know, <laughs> they're always like I like bands the first like reply I saw to like a tweet talking about this was, "Can Adam Levine imagine Imagine Dragons?" And I was like, "Oh yeah, that <laughs> band does exist." Well, uh, that's what I think it shows that you know people famous like him, uh are like completely ignore the whole world of music that is not like pop mainstream. Although then yeah. you got the the Beyonces and the Taylor Swifts who are sort of plugged into the indie world and know about lesser known stuff too. So I guess there's I some mean, there's, some people who are famous and there's know. definitely been an uptick in singer songwriters or hip-hop artists but right there's a lot of bands <laughs> there's there's so many bands so many. They're like i every friday i look at spotify and go oh god there's new bands and i i don't know what to do yeah hey adam levine can i introduce you to my friend spotify where you can find some bands buddy Adam Levine bought every CD in some record store somewhere that closed, and he didn't realize it. He's just been coming in and buying CDs one at a time, and now he's like, they're out. Music's done. I think it is funny, because when I first heard uh, Maroon 5, they were like a rock band, and I was like, these guys rock. <laughs> it was uh, the harder to breathe. and uh, Yeah. Yeah. I, those first two Maroon 5 albums, I don't know uh, what it was about that time in my life, but I was like, this I, I was in middle school and I was eating it up. Yeah, uh, but oh, I definitely like. I definitely was super into them. I was like, "This is this is fucking music." But from what I've heard from them recently, the the band that anyone not Adam Levine could be a stock like, <laughs> like just some stock like backing track. You know, I'm like, I don't think yeah. there's much band going on there. Maybe Adam Levine um, just doesn't know about any other bands besides his. Yeah, I. Um, he's also on The Voice, right? Still. Yeah, that's him. That's what he's like. And that there's only voices. There's no bands. And that yeah, well that show. There's no. They don't have bands on. I don't think. I don't know. I haven't watched it in no. I watched like two of them when it came out and went, oh, okay. And then that was it. But I think that's his only exposure to musicians. And he's like, there's only one person up there. There's no bands anymore. And they're like, Adam, you know, that's the format of the show. And he's like, no, no, there's only one of them. <laughs> Adam, Adam Levine turns around in his chair and he's like, there's no stages anymore. I can't even see it. Yeah. 
Adam Levine just turns around in his chair and just like sort of hibernates there like a cocoon. And like the Darth Vader thing. Yeah. You know? Yeah, the like egg Where thing. Yeah, and you see the back of his head and it's all yeah. messed up. Exactly. No. That's Adam Levine when he finds out that there's no no vans anymore. So in our last episode, we uh I we played animation or rap sensation and you had I did very well. You did great. Um and I had mentioned the Takashi 69 doc and you were like, you watched that before the Britney doc. I still haven't watched the Takashi one, by the way, but I want to. Um, but uh, we said we would talk about the Britney doc. And actually, I also watched the Biggie doc. There's a Biggie, a Britney and a Billy Eilish <laughs> doc out right now. I don't know what's up with the bees. I fucked up and never watched the Britney doc. You didn't watch it. How I dare can't. you? No. Um. Which actually, it's not. It's not a true. It's part of New York Times presents. I like. I thought it was like a movie about or a series about her, but it was just like one episode of that. But, um, it was interesting. I, I think. Uh, what I my main takeaway from it was just how sort of fame can really fuck someone up because she was just like like from everyone talking about her she was just like this ray of sunshine just super nice and good beyond being like this amazing singer like she went and like handed out money to people randomly like when she got a big payday and like uh and then like what everyone sort of perceived as her like going nuts was really just like the paparazzi like digging into her personal life when she was going through a tough time until she sort of snapped, you know? And, uh, yeah, so. I, I got the loadout on the deck from my girlfriend, Annie, cause she really wanted to watch it. And I just like, didn't want to watch it at that exact moment. Cause I figured it would be kind of heavy. So I was like, just, just go ahead. And I regret that decision now. Uh, but it sure seems like, the general attitude towards mental health in the last, you know, 14 years has changed. Where, like, in 2007, we were just like, <laughs> she shaved her head. Right. And now we're like, oh, like, no, this was, this yeah. was clearly something that shouldn't have been laughed about and definitely not highlighted by the media so aggressively. Well, and even the shaving the head, when I say she snapped, I'm more talking about when she attacks this paparazzi guy's car. Um, but the shaving the head was more supposed to be sort of a statement uh, of rebelling, you know. And so yeah. I'm like, it was actually kind of cool and badass when you think about the shaving the head. Um, but it was, I think there were other things that proved that she needed, you know, to take some time to uh, get some help. But then what her when her dad takes over, that's a whole a whole messed up thing, and yeah. uh, it's it's crazy because she's just like it it's a thing that's never really used in the way that they're using it and it's like she's obviously like got a career she did a residency in las vegas like she's clearly capable of handling herself and she's like funding his lawyers and stuff so it's like pretty absurd that he's in control of her finances so hopefully uh they'll free britney at some point um from this whole thing but, uh, you know, the doc that I think I was even more touched by was the Biggie doc. 
and again i think like he was ever since i was young biggie was just this big big small biggie small um no he's this like larger than life icon you know with a famous death uh and like you same with Britney, you don't think about the person behind it because it is this larger than life icon so hearing his whole yeah. life story is really cool and they interview everyone it's like his friend uh and member of junior mafia d rock was like recording everything and so there's like an interview with him that's like never been seen before then there's all these like new interviews with just everyone diddy everyone from junior mafia his mom his grandma and it's uh really powerful i cried at the end uh and just went back and listened to his albums and it's crazy because i never realized how many times he like almost went back to selling crack or like did go back and um like diddy at one point was like you if you're gonna do this you need to come back and like do it for real and it's it's nuts because it makes me think of like all the people who don't do that don't get out and just choose the money you know when they maybe have you know out of necessity and uh just like how close we were to not having this icon is wild because um you know he was he was close to giving it up at one point but there's one part where uh they show a freestyle battle and it gave me chills because he's just there in his his like friends are setting it up like telling you like this is what happened and then they play his part and it's like oh my god he was amazing there is listen i'm gonna do something that you're not supposed to do i'm gonna say there's another podcast out there oh no don't you don't you you better you better listen to the rest of this before you listen to this you listener i'm talking to you um there's a podcast called slow burn from slate that has covered a few different things. Like the first two seasons were about the Nixon and Clinton impeachments. And Mm. then the third season was about Tupac and Biggie. Like it was, yeah, that seems to be a common, like, yeah, well, there's a, now that unsolved show about Tupac and Biggie, um, and Buzzfeed unsolved did a thing. And it's, it's interesting, um, because both their murders were never solved and they're these hugely famous people. Well, a lot of what this podcast goes into is how the East versus West thing was driven by people who benefited from there being division, who were who were on one side or the other, and were like, "Oh man, like if we're if it's us versus them, that's going to drive sales, that's going to drive hype, that's going to get us media coverage." Like, that's yeah, not how they felt. Biggie and Tupac started off as friends. Well, and, by and the they end, talk about I mean, that. Yeah, they talk about it, and really briefly, it's a small part of it, but, um, and, you know, it's a certain side of the story for sure, but his uh, family and friends say that, like, Tupac, when Tupac got shot at and accused Biggie of doing it, like, he was, like, heartbroken, and, like, when Tupac died, they said, like, it was the same, like, he, it was sort of the similar reaction when uh, his friend Oli died, and it was just like, it was just losing a friend, you know? Um, and who knows what actually went on, but I like, I, I believe Biggie when he says he didn't do it, but I don't know that much on the subject, but yeah, it was like, it was, you could tell that it was, they were close friends and he cared about him until the end. We can only hope 
that the rumors are true and they're both living in Cuba, happy together. That would be amazing. Talking about Biggie, I think that's a good transition into our touts. So our touts is when we talk about uh, the music we've been listening to and uh, I'm going to do some vintage touts and one is uh, obviously Biggie ready to die. You know, I his his whole death and like the crazy sync up of his albums being so much about death. Like that's been covered a lot, but it is pretty wild. I listened to Life After Death too, which is the one that came out like two weeks after he died. And Ready to Die is definitely like the masterpiece of the two. But it's it's eerie when you see like he's leaning on a hearse with a license plate that says big and it came out two weeks after his death it's it's pretty crazy but uh but yeah ready to die is just incredible timeless album i want to get the vinyl of it now and then i've got a couple other uh interesting album recommendations from the past uh i've been i've stumbled across this album philharmony from harumi hasano I had interviewed Geneva Jacuzzi and, you know, I played her on the pod and Geneva talked about that album in a interview. And I was like, Oh, that's crazy that I was just listening to that. And then uh, she talked about yellow magic orchestra, which was the band that he was a part of. And they're this hugely influential, uh, like electronic band uh, from Japan that I had never heard of. And all their stuff is so good. So I would, tout the uh philharmony album from hiromi hasano as well as the yellow magic orchestra album naughty boys (laughs) which is a great title oh (laughs) baby uh i've got one vintage tout i'm just gonna i just went through my my uh library and found an album that's old that i love that is just worth revisiting this week because it's great uh in Square Circle by Stevie Wonder is it's it's great. Ooh, like, nice. I don't need to tout that very much. Um, it's he's obviously very very famous, but if you haven't listened to it recently, but no, it's, yeah, uh, that's what this is about. Just sharing what you like and what you've been listening to. Part Time Lover is quite honestly one of the best opening tracks ever. Which I don't think I've heard that album at all. So I should probably check that it out. and characters are like eighties wonder. And are just really, really good and fun and just, like, happy music. They're quite wondrous. Indeed. <laughs> Wonderful. Um, Now, moving into newer music, uh, this one actually didn't come out this past week, but Brian had recommended it to me. Uh, it came out in January, and this is Lokoi. Have you heard this? Lokoi? No, I haven't. It's, uh, the album's called Badminton badminton um however you say it badminton um i'm familiar with the sport yes um this is the bassist from Slutface or Slotface. i mean it's technically Slutface. they just the, the o with the slash through. yeah um yeah okay yes i'm familiar with the but faces it's very like it's a lot of like electronic and like weird pop he has like features a bunch of like good artists from oslo which is the from where they're from and uh it's really cool and has been one of my recent favorites so i uh suggest that one check that out 
we had talked, we had, we had shouted out the new Julian Baker album. Um, and we were both kind of like, yes, cautiously optimistic that that would be good. And we were both correct. It's super good. Little oblivions that came out two weeks ago. And I've listened to that a lot. Me too. I have possibly unfairly just sort of uh, found Julian Baker boring in the past. You know, it's it's her style is a a certain way, but I like, you know, very like floaty, vibey. I loved that album and it's become one of my favorite of the year so far. And uh, she talks a lot about, it seems like her struggles with like alcoholism and addiction, things like that. And just the production is always takes me by surprise and the lyrics are just beautiful uh throughout so yeah that is uh definitely one of my favorites of the year so far and you know what i want to swing back around to a vintage tout because in listening to julian baker i've also listened to a lot of boy genius this week because that project is great and yeah. also followed that rabbit hole down to phoebe bridgers which i really don't ever need an excuse to listen to because i love punisher and I never really listened to Better Oblivion Community Center from 2019. Oh, I love it. I like I listened to it when it came out. I listened to it here and there, but like I I gave it a lot more time this week. Uh, and even Phoebe Bridger's debut album, Stranger in the Alps, I listened to yeah. a lot more this week and probably haven't gone back and listened to that uh, nearly as much since Punisher came out. So I was like, oh man, this this I like well, this more than I did when it came out. Well, you're already listening to two of the Holy Trinity, Phoebes and Julian. Have you listened to much Lucy Dacus? Because her last album was incredible. No, and I mean, I've listened to Boy Genius, obviously. So maybe I should go back and I'll be touting Lucy Dacus uh, in two weeks. Because until recently, when I got into the others, uh, she was my favorite of the three. And the one I was the biggest fan of. Oh, I was, see, I was always Bridgers or Die. Yes. You know, they never say you should judge a book by its cover, but I definitely judged an album by its cover uh, last week when mm-hmm. I saw the album Polydance by Roosevelt. I had no idea what I was getting into getting into this, but the album cover is kind of like this retro 80s, like yellow to red gradient with like a little shimmer on it. And I was like, that looks cool. I'm into that. Yeah. And I really like it. And. Who knows? Maybe we'll be hearing it on the podcast soon. Ooh, tease. And actually, that's perfect because I was going to say uh, judging the book by its cover for this one because I feel like I unfairly judged this album by its cover. This is Genesis Owusu with the album Smiling With No Teeth. I don't, just because the album was like a close up of him smiling and he has like gold grills, I thought it would be sillier or just a certain type of you know, hip hop that I'm not so into, but I was so incorrect and ignorant and I had to check my perspective and because this, uh, this album is incredible and he just takes it to so many cool different places. Uh, there's like a Springsteen-y sort of eighties rock song. There's like, uh, a nice, like poppy, uh, like sort of rap pop song there's a folky sort of sea shanty which like he got in on the sea shanty stuff i think a little early have you heard the song about fishing no i this this album you and i've heard you and brian talk about a bunch and haven't every time i've been like in the mood for hip-hop i've been exploring a playlist that brian sent us that is 
2021 hip hop to check out. I was like, oh, this will be interesting. And it's 35 hours long. Well, and that's what's great about Genesis is he is not, I wouldn't even call it a hip hop album. Yes, he does rap sometimes, but the instrumentation throughout, it's like, it's different on every song. Sometimes he's just singing. Sometimes he's not rapping. Sometimes there's like a punkier like uh type driving beat to it so it's like it really cool like uh and then there's it was funny because i was playing it in the car and there's this song uh no looking back which is very like sort of like easy listening reminds me of like an 80s tv theme it's like everywhere that i go every and kyle was like singing when we come back in the house everywhere you look and she's like why is that in my head i'm like it's that genesis song sounds like the uh (laughs) the full house theme not to go on a tangent but i saw a tweet today that the predator end credits uh go with any 80s theme song and uh go just go on twitter and google i'm gonna have to check that out it's it was a very delightful thread. I'll send it to you, Luke, and, and I, I'll retweet it on my Twitter feed if um, anyone wants to find it. So, And that Genesis Wusu album is has become one of my favorites of the year and has gone to the tippy top of my list. So I have uh, been playing that repeatedly. He's up there with Katie Kirby and Julian now in like my top top albums so far. Wow, I'm really gonna check that one out. I'm gonna yeah. do it right after we stop recording. Do it. Um, I'm I've got a bunch more albums. I'm just gonna run down. All right, go rapid fire. Um, Ron Gallo, who I played on the last uh, episode, piecemeal. That album's great, and uh, I was pleasantly surprised by. I thought it was gonna be pretty good, and I loved it. Uh, also, Fruit Bats, the Pep Parade. That was a nice like. I to this weekend when I went for a walk with uh, Kyle. It was just a nice sunny day walking soundtrack. Some gentle folk rock. And he just played on Seth Meyers and it was really cool. Um, Adult Mom with Driver. That's another like sort of gentle but some driving good like folky rock songs. Kenny Beats and Denzel Curry we talked about. Unlocked 1.5. Super good. Super cool. They featured a lot of uh, great new people doing remixes of the uh, songs from the album last year. One of which is Georgia Ann Muldrow is on the song with uh, Arlo Parks, who are both amazing. And I interviewed Georgia Ann Muldrow uh, last year, and she was incredible. And I was like, hey, I talked to her. And she's she was awesome. I uh, love everything she does. A few more that were uh, not like my favorites, but were pretty good. Ian Sweet with Disappear. Uh, Harmar Superstar with Roseville. Blue to Tiger. Uh, the there's a couple here that I think you'll really like, Kevin. I think you will like that Blue de Tiger. How did I get here? It's similar to Roosevelt, sort of like bouncy synth pop, uh, funky okay. bass going on. Uh, Jane Weaver with Flock was just like interestingly orchestrated sort of indie rock that was good. Uh, Tiger's Jaw is like a sort of pop punky band from I think New Zealand or Australia. Uh, of Montreal we talked about Zara Larson with Poster Girl you know you love a good popster uh Kevin and she's uh I've been known to pop I only heard one song from it that was quite poppy and it got stuck in my head I was like okay this is pretty good um and then two like instrumental albums that I also played on my walks this weekend was Neil Cowley Hall of Mirrors and Rutger Hodemakers uh with the Age of Oddities 
And, you know, I love to throw an instrumental album in the rotation, you know, uh, every now and then. When I'm playing video games or walking or, like, where I'm focused on something else, just play in the background. Yeah. Um, yeah, so those are nice. Uh, one last shout-out. I've got, uh, there was a new... More of a tout-out, but, yeah. A tout-out. Uh, Leave the Door Open, the new single from Bruno Mars and yes. Anderson Pack. I'm really excited for that album. I Silk love Anderson Pack. Isn't that their yeah, name? Oh. Silk Sonic yeah. is the new project. Yeah. Uh, I'm looking forward to that too. I enjoyed that. It was very silky smooth. I saw Anderson Pack live a few years ago and he was absolutely incredible. Oh, and I forgot about that. Bruno Mars, you know, he brings it. Yeah. Um, was Anderson like playing the drums and singing like the yeah, whole he, time or did it was, he switch it up? It's really cool. He'd kind of switch it based on song, but he would just like be, you know, up front performing and then be like, all right. And like walk back to the kit and just start drumming while he was singing. And it was amazing. That's sweet. He's awesome. It's right before Ventura came out. So it was like a lot of Malibu and Oxnard, which I think uh, Malibu is my favorite album of his. So it was really cool. I see. I do wish he would. I guess he's got a theme going on with the cities, but I mix up which one's which sometimes. Except for Malibu, I remember. I mix up Oxnard and Ventura because they're just like city names. They were like twin releases, I feel like. He put them out close together, so they were kind of two sides of the same coin. Yeah. Also, uh, Chance the Rapper put out a new song, The Heart and the Tongue. And Is it good? It was actually good. Um, I okay. mean, I only listened to it once, but... Um, but then I was reading about this whole dispute he's having with his manager. Uh, did you hear about this? And apparently it's like, I want to be on Chance's side, but the manager is like saying that, uh, like he announced the album way too early before he had even started it. The last one, the big day. And then like, uh, had a basically like sporadic schedule producing it and it produced i think he called it a subpar product and i'm like i want to disagree with him but if you tell me that he just threw it together yeah like i think subpar is being generous that album was honestly really bad i I was a really big fan of chance of the rapper i've seen him a few times and like but that, like the dip in quality from coloring book to the big day yeah. was stuck. Yeah. It was yikes. And that's what I'm like. It often happens when someone blows up like that and it doesn't always, you know, but I was like, he got super famous and then it was like, pew. <laughs> and, well, I, uh, I think cause coloring book was like his Spotify, Apple music debut because he just put out mixtapes right. before that. So that and was like was, while he was, was getting great. super famous. Yeah. Yeah. So I guess this is his first project is like a fully established right. person. And it, 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 yeah. But so hopefully I, w- I thought the new song and he had released some, some other uh, just like random singles that were really good a few years ago. So I'm hoping that he's uh, his next one will uh, bring it back. I would but, love nothing more than for a chance to bounce back. Right. Who knows? Well, I think that's going to do it for our touts. Why don't we move into talking about the music that we're looking forward to this Friday in Shouts. Yeah. 
out today, Caribou, with Suddenly Remixes. Uh, I really, really enjoyed Caribou's album Suddenly last year. It was in my top 20, so I'm certainly excited to see what else he's got in store. Suddenly with, uh, Remixes. Oh, what? Suddenly Remixes. Remixes. As well as Cool Ghouls. Which, that's just a fun name. I love it. With At Georgia Zoo, I heard a single off this, and it was cool and kind of like... Ghoul? The instrumentation had some (laughs) horns. It was cool, it was ghoul-ish. The instrumentation had some horns in it, and it it felt kind of retro throwback-y, so I'm going to check that out for sure. It makes me think of my one of my favorite video games of all time, Super Ghouls and Ghosts. And so, I like that, because that game's full of cool ghouls. And super ghosts. Yep. Um, I've got a couple. Uh, shouts to Valerie June. I played her last episode, and uh, her album "The Moon and the Stars: Prescriptions for Dreamers" is out tomorrow. And then I've got a band I'm going to play next episode, Baby Boys, with their album "Threesome," and uh, that's got a nice, fun, disgusting album cover where they're all like. <laughs> got their mouths pressed up against a microphone and uh it's gross and fun but uh the the songs are like really cool and fun sort of poppy with some acoustic guitar uh that's gonna be a good one for sure it's just i just saw it no in the time of coronavirus this album cover right? is upsetting i'm thinking they Think did of- it before um, Think of the particles, my baby boys. And also, do I love having a file on my computer that is Baby Boys Threesome? I do not. <laughs> but that's the a, song that's is some, that good. That is some bad search engine optimization. <laughs> right? I'm probably on a list for that one. Um, also, The Horrors with Lout, that is out tomorrow. That's, I guess, an EP. Uh, Brian played them previously on the pod, and uh, they're pretty cool, so that should be good. And Allie Crow Buckley, uh, she's opened for, I think, Jenny Lewis in the past, and uh, I've had heard some of her stuff, and her album Moonlit and Devious is out, so uh, give that one a check. Tell me about our daddies. I shall tell you. We're a Planet Ant podcast powered by Pinecast. Uh, head over to planetantpodcast.com and check out the Planet Ant YouTube, and uh, they always got good stuff going on over there. And daddy number three, offshelf.net. Check it out. It's on the internet. My Circa interview is out. My Geneva Jacuzzi interview is out. So you can see that stuff as well as other features and podcasts. The uh, Tell Me All Your Thoughts on Pod, hosted by the very Aaron Quillen, who you'll hear playing the drums on our theme song. Uh, so that's uh, our sister podcast over there. So... We got three daddies and a sister, so (laughs) go check it all out. The family's getting bigger. Yep. That's going to do it for us this week. I'm Luke LeBen saying, you better check your perspective, as I have done many a time. And I'm Kevin Connor telling you, go ahead, chase those waterfalls, as I'm about to do, because it's getting warm out. This is best song ever. Production of Planet Amp Podcast, powered by Pinecast.